Hello and welcome back to the Relove Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ezzy Spencer. I'm an author, a podcaster, and I help brilliant magical women all around the world to create love. At the moment, at the start of 2023, February 2023, when I'm recording this, I'm focusing on the one-on-one work, so the deep transformative journeys over a period of time. That is very exciting to me at the moment and really getting down to the root of some of the love blocks that we may encounter. And in this episode, I'm going to talk through the three main love blocks, which I see coming up with my clients. And even though we may have a combination, we may have multiple love blocks. What I tend to find is that people do tend to have a primary thing that they're grappling with. And when we attend to that, that's where we really see the breakthrough occur in terms of someone feeling open and available to the kind of partner that's going to have them really come alive. Uh, The kind of person that they're really excited about co-creating a healthy relationship with, maybe a, a life partnership with. And then we also start to see a difference in the quality of the behavior that they experience when they put themselves out into the dating pool and a kind of ease in terms of being able to detect who's actually going to be a great partner for them. So an ease in the filtering process and a more natural ability to figure out where they want to allocate their own time and attention, energy and resources. And so not getting so stuck into the head or the second guessing or the wondering, or is this right? Or should I give this person more of a chance? They look good on paper, or maybe this is time for me to break my patterns. If it's coming from that mental level, then you won't necessarily see the sustainable results, or you won't end up really being excited about the person that you've talked yourself into trying it out with because your whole, you know, heart and mind and body and soul is not fully online, you know, with that person. So that's why I do recommend the deeper approach, really coming inside of yourself and understanding on that deeper level, what might still be blocking you to to being fully open and available for the love that you desire and the types of suitors, which are actually going to have you really come alive and treat you as you deserve to be treated and to melt away any internal discord or any internal resistance from the inside, right? And and we do that by opening the heart and working with self-compassion, but we need to understand what we are working with self-compassion with if that makes sense. You know, if we're working at a more superficial level, the more mental level, then we don't necessarily get into the guts of the block. We don't understand why it is that we are protecting ourselves in that particular area for that particular reason. And therefore it's, it's harder for us to, to really comfort ourselves and to, to, and to tend to that, you know, part of ourselves with that somatic based approach, you know, really coming down into our bodies and opening our heart to ourselves and being able to feel the physical sensations in our bodies around that. Like that's actually the, the antidote, I suppose, to the guardrails and the blocks. So this podcast episode, I'm going to talk through the three types of love blocks that you may be encountering. And the reason why I'm bringing them up is not to suggest that you're doomed because it's actually the opposite, right? It's actually a cause for celebration when you notice that there is a love block because the love block is, is there. It's, it's operating underneath the surface. It's at the point at which you notice it that you're making the progress. And that gives you the power to be able to accurately detect what it is that needs your attention. And then you have the power 
to go ahead and take whatever action you need to take in order to dissolve that love block to move through it. Um, and so it's, it's actually a really exciting moment, I believe, whenever I'm supporting a client to find a love block and there's that recognition like, hey, I actually have got to the root of it or I've understood the heart of the matter here, you know, therefore, um, you know, the, the, the how to, to address that. That's very doable. <laughs> I always say it's necessarily easy because you have to be prepared to go on a courageous journey inside of yourself to be able to attend to, you know, the root of, of anything that's running, but it is definitely simple and straightforward. It's the harder part actually on ramping in terms of having that awareness around what that love block actually is. So my intention in sharing the three types of love blocks inside of this podcast episode is to give you some contemplation prompts where you can consider whether one of these love blocks is operating for you and then know that you can um, you can for sure undo that. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely possible to, to do that. Of course, this episode provides information and naturally, if you do need more support, I invite you to, to seek out a practitioner who's going to be able to support you in a therapeutic way you know, or in a way that's going to be meaningful and relevant for you, given your circumstances as well. So in terms of the first one, I would say the major love block that I started to see when I started working with women around love and dating was fear. So somebody who was consciously wanting a relationship, but was on a deeper level scared of what might happen if indeed that relationship came to pass. And so this is why it looked like self-sabotage when anyone who was remotely available or perhaps a suitable prospect would turn up. It could manifest in terms of nitpicking. It could manifest in terms of uh, changing her mind about relationship at all, you know, saying, hey, I did want it, but always finding some kind of reason as to why it was not the right thing to to proceed with a particular person. And often at the root of that is fear. And usually this is because even though there may be a conscious desire for, uh, for partnership, there may be also a heart's desire for intimacy and connection and belonging. There's a fear around what relationship will do to someone's life or even sense of self. And uh, oftentimes a deeply held belief that a relationship is going to be deleterious in some way, meaning that it's going to inhibit your dreams or desires, or it's going to be something that's going to drag you down or will deplete your financial resources or that you will be trapped, you will lose yourself. You know, these are all very common fears that I hear on the part of my clients. You know, there may be a desire to be in relationship even, but then, oh my gosh, what happens when we get more serious when there might be the prospect of children, you know, feeling that sense of, of getting trapped into, into family life or having a feeling of uh, losing one's sovereignty or agency in life, right? And so for some people who are listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, that does not fit me at all. Don't worry. There's another type of blah, blah coming up, which I'm going to share later in this episode. Um, but for some people that may be really nodding their heads vigorously at this one, knowing that yes, actually, this is something which deep, deep down, I am a little worried about. Like I'm nervous about this. I don't want to lose my freedom. I don't want to sacrifice my sense of self inside a relationship. 
So the problem, of course, is if you're running this sort of push-pull, if you have part of you that wants something, but then the other part of you is terrified about what might actually happen to you if you do end up getting the thing that you want, that's going to create a sense of internal tension, which means that you're not fully online with that desire. And there will be no end of ways, consciously or unconsciously, where you're going to pick it apart if it comes towards you and you're not going to allow for that bond of intimacy to unfold and to occur. There's a lot, by the way, of, I suppose, received wisdom about the fact that this is like the man's problem, you know, that the guy is scared of commitment or whatever. But I've got to tell you, I see this all the time in women and and it's really not gender specific. It's something which I think every human if they have had imprinting in terms of what relationship might mean, whether or not that came from the primary caregiver, whether it came from other kind of modeling inside of the childhood home or other authority figures growing up, or whether it's simply just been something which has been imbibed from society in terms of what a woman's place might be, or what might be the expectations upon a woman at the point at which she steps into uh, wife mode or mother mode, you know, there's lots of women who feel really conflicted about that. This is not a, um, this is not just a male thing, a fear of losing one's freedom. And particularly I see this in terms of women who are incredibly empathic, who have a, a huge heart. They tend to be huge givers and there tends to be a kind of holding of the walls around the heart because they know that at the point at which they really do form an emotional attraction or bond with somebody, then the floodgates will open, right? And there might be a a bit of a pendulum swing from being a hugely independent person by independent person Actually, how that often manifests is being quite a guarded person living on a metaphorical island, so to speak. But there can often be a past experience that that woman has had is when, you know, she has opened her heart in the past and she sort of swung from that to right over to the other side where she's then completely and absolutely lost herself and very quickly merged with the partner and quickly replaced, you know, her dreams and longings and aspirations with whatever is going on with that particular, you know, partner. And so it's usually a fear which is quite well founded is what I want to say here. You know, and in fact, everything that I'm sharing about in terms of the different types of love blocks in, in, in this episode is not to ever suggest that these are silly or that these are irrational or that there wasn't some kind of good and sensible reason as to why these blocks or guardrails were formed in the first instance. Um, and in addition to that, the invitation is to consider whether it still holds true. So the reason why these blocks were developed in the first instance may have outlived their purpose. You know, the the cons of continuing to hold up those um, protection mechanisms as a way of protecting oneself against harm or hurt may have now outlived the purpose such that actually the main function that they're really fulfilling is to protect against love and intimacy, right? Um, But if it's so deeply embedded inside of the unconscious mind, like an unconscious vow, then it can be difficult to feel confident enough or indeed to be able to see oneself as someone with a much more advanced toolkit, someone who's done a lot more work, who is deeply rooted now in the sense of 
of, of themselves who've maybe achieved the certain goals or dreams or aspirations that one set out to achieve. And so the guardrails are now only inhibiting one's desires rather than necessarily fulfilling any uh, helpful and present day function. Yeah. So that's the first one. And so that's the, the fear-based vibration. There can often be a lot of anger around that as well. So anger at others who perhaps taken advantage of one's um, big heart and perhaps also anger that one has had the experience of being born into a, a particular time, into a particular type of family constellation or whatever, where this imprinting occurred in the first instance. From the perspective of contemplation, consider if this is running or is live for you, whether this is still uh, supporting your current heart's desires at this moment in time. And if not, then of course the invitation here is for like celebration actually that you've caught it that you've noticed it that it's time now and of course the go-to is always self-compassion and self-forgiveness catching yourself up to speed in the present moment and then being prepared to move on this is the heart of the unconscious vows process which i take my clients through and so the second type of love block is actually one that doesn't look like a love block at all right because this is the love block where you are not necessarily being super discerning you may see yourself as perhaps throwing yourself a little bit at someone or being a bit too eager or even being a little bit of a doormat and putting up with the kind of behavior which you know isn't quite right and you know that you deserve more but on a deep level you might be scared that the other person will go away or that no one else will choose you but you don't need to invest your time and energy and heart and emotions and resources and and all the things of value to you into someone when they're not cherishing you and adoring you and when they're not ready to show up and be an equal partner in relationship with you right doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them as a person it's just that it may just not be a match for you right now they may not be able to really be with you right now or they may not be fully willing to be with you right now and The issue is, is that if you are still making yourself hugely available, if you're still leaning into this type of situation, you're actually inhibiting the potential for deeper intimacy. You're blocking the conditions for a very natural, organic intimacy to emerge, for there to be a true uh, reciprocal connection between equals to come alive and to have that organic flow in time, in energy and in all of the things like that's actually going to be the foundation point for a healthy relationship to emerge. It's not being allowed to take deeper root, right? When you're really deeply embodied in your self-worth and in your personal power, you don't continue to invest your time and your energy and your resources. You know that there'll be someone else out there who is going to be able to meet you, you know, and you'll lose your interest in continuing to to turn the wheel with somebody who's just not reciprocating or is not pursuing. The block there is when you keep leaning in, when you keep sort of pushing around the relove wheel. And here I'm talking about wheel number two, which is part of the relove method. If you're interested in that, I've done other podcasts on that. There's more information, including the graphics of those wheels over at izzyspencer.com. Wheel two is all about how to go from day into relationship. So when you're, when you're sort of leaning in and really forcing that wheel 
forward or spinning the wheel too fast, getting into fantasy, getting into projection, that there may actually be a relationship between you and planning the kids and, you know, planning the whole thing. Um, That's oftentimes an indication that there is a love block there because you're blocked from being in the here and the now. You're blocked from really being in the present and seeing reality as it is right now. You're blocking the measured and sustainable growth that is necessary in order to get to know someone over time, to vet them as a compatible life partner for you, if that's what it is that you're wanting, Um, you know, to really allow those roots to grow. Um, And so oftentimes this does emanate from blocks to one's self-worth, This can oftentimes be a mental block that you're running out of time. I've heard women who are 28, 38, 48, 58 and 68 all tell me that they're too old for love. And and then we work together and come into the reality of the knowing that actually, you know, their age is reality. They are the age that they are right now. And, you know, there are an abundance of suitors available for them. Love is one of the great universals of the human condition. It doesn't matter what age you are. There are going to be other single people out there who are sincerely looking for love. However, just coming back to this love block, you do need to get to know somebody over time and to be able to hold open the space to allow for that deeper knowing to occur, to allow for that natural filtering and so forth to occur as well. So you can overwater a plant if that makes sense. And you may think, well, I'm just giving so much, like, you know, the plant needs water and I'm giving so much water. But when you overwater the plant, the plant can still die. And so that's the way that the love block there can occur. That second type of love block is where you are blocking the intimacy from naturally unfolding. And then the third type of love block is one where there is something unresolved. So where you might be stuck in the past. And again, as I said at the start of the episode, there may be a combination of these blocks, but usually what I find when I'm working with a client that there is a primary area where there are the deepest blocks. When we work on that, that's where the real breakthrough occurs. So what I find with this third type of love block is that there is a oftentimes a heartbreak in the past. If there was an adult relationship with an ex or even if there was a younger relationship, right, as a young adult, you know, when there was a real attachment formed with someone and then for whatever reason it was unable to continue, you know, there can still be part of us which is almost frozen in in that period of time. This can often happen as well in terms of something unresolved in the past. If there's something which has been untoward that had happened when you're a much younger person as well, which may not have necessarily occurred in the context of a romantic or an intimate relationship, but still may have been imprinted strongly in a way where there's part of you that just hasn't been able to fully recover or move on and to come into the present moment. Of course, if it does feel more appropriate to reach out to a practitioner and to work with somebody around some of these things, then I would very much encourage you to do that because I think some of the the unearthing can benefit from having someone who is a professional to support you with that if that's available for you. But I would always suggest that you approach this with a huge amount of self-compassion and and self-forgiveness if you're approaching it as a DIY or a, a contemplation exercise. You know, if there's anything from the past, which is still um, holding you in place as a younger 
younger person or if there is grief that you haven't allowed yourself to really feel yet. My approach is always to go very gently, to go very tenderly and to always be very kind with yourself and to approach yourself with the assumption that if you are having some difficulty in this area, it's because there's a really good reason. Or at some point in the past, there was a very smart decision that you made in order to handle a certain situation in a certain way, because that was the absolute best way for you to approach that situation at the time. It could still be the best way for you to approach that situation. And if you're choosing to address parts of yourself or challenges from the past because you have got a better toolkit or because the desire for you to move past those things is now speaking to you more loudly than the self-protection component of it all, then, you know, always, always, always approach yourself with a huge amount of tenderness and grace and the mindset that you didn't do anything wrong. And so to summarize, there are three main types of love blocks that I see. The first is that uh, fear of relationship or the fear of love because love has been something which has been presented as something which is hurtful or harmful or is somehow going to detract from your life in some way. So that fear usually means that you're pushing people away, not letting people in. And then the second type of the love block I find inside of my client work is the one where you're pushing people away again, but usually because you're overreaching and that's often because you're not deeply anchored inside of your self-worth, which is intrinsic. Your self-worth is something that you have. You can't lose it, but you can forget it and it can be blocked, which then would look like behavior where you are abstracting yourself out of your experience. or you're getting into future tripping or you're trying to move the wheel too fast. Um, And of course, you know, the answer to that is to release any blockage to your self-worth. So really coming back into a beautiful uh, embodiment inside of who you are, owning and claiming what your needs are, what it is that you desire in relationship, setting your standards and not settling, making sure that you have got filtering mechanisms in place so that you're able to vet effectively. This is a big part of the Relove method, which I teach my clients, not mental checklists. This is really important, but coming into dialogue with your own heart's truth, what is actually true and real for you inside of your own love blueprint in terms of what your um needs are at this moment in this season of your life, you know, in this evolution of your being. And then the third type of the love block there is when there's something unresolved or you're stuck in the past where perhaps you haven't allowed yourself to fully grieve for whatever reason, whatever it is that it is you've lost um, or whatever it is that hasn't worked out in the past. And that can be something which provokes an internal um, discord as well, because there's the blocking of the flowing of the emotion that needs to occur in order for there to be catharsis, for there to be an opening, um, for there to be an availability for you to be rooted in the here and the now. And so it's absolutely possible, of course, for you to be letting those guardrails down or coming back into that deeper embodiment inside of yourself. Uh, If you are interested in working with me, I absolutely love doing this work. And I do this work over a 12 week period because I love to take someone on a deeper transformational journey to get down into the root 
root of what is going on to melt away any of these blocks and then to have a sustainable pathway to moving forward. So really building that beautiful foundation of the self coming into that place of unconditional self-love and self-acceptance and then opening up your heart so then you can show your magic so you can show your essence so you can show yourself to the world or to the right people in the right time and this is what is going to make you magnetic to suitors who are going to be able to see you and also really importantly going to value what it is that they see. So you will become magnetic to the kind of people who are worthy contenders for co-creating that beautiful next level soulmate relationship with you, but you will also repel the kind of people who are just not a match for you um, and the kind of people who are not going to treat you like you deserve as well. So this is a, a big part of that filtering mechanism. If this is calling you, you can go over to my website, ezyspencer.com. You can click on one-on-one and all of the details around the experiences there. And there's an opportunity to jump onto the phone, to have a conversation, to see whether this is a match for you. If I feel confident that I can support you, or, you know, direct you in another place. If, if I feel like there might be something better suited for you as well. So please don't hesitate to, to come on over and check out those details and to get in touch with me if you are feeling it. It is a deep dive and it's really designed for people who are ready now, like people who are really motivated. That intrinsic motivation is really important. It's really designed to support women who are like, I want love. Love is my number one priority. I have most other aspects of my life in place. And then this is the final piece of the jigsaw. So if you feel like that is uh, speaking to you, then definitely don't hesitate to reach out and you don't need to be ready to start dating tomorrow. So don't worry if you're feeling like you do need to do a little bit of deeper work first. You know, that tends to be the way that it often flows and it's an absolute joy to, to support you with that if you're feeling it. You can always come over to my Instagram. I'm Izzy Spencer on Instagram. I love hearing from you. You're more than welcome to ask questions that you'd like me to address in a future podcast episode. I'm happy to do those anonymously if I feel like it could help others in the audience. And I hope you have an absolutely gorgeous day.